Chapter 41 Report for our Lord Althod from General Rubens and written in his own hand. We have been marching in Beast Forest for a month or so. I can't say for sure if we're getting closer to their new location, but Ilse has somehow found a means to locate where Ladala's people used to be before we invaded and attacked. She doesn't carry the rings you ask for, but she seems to know where to go without them. She probably can't access their new territory without them, but our latest improvements on the amulet seem to work better for our growing numbers. One improvement especially astounds me. Ilse still thinks she is her own person and still has control. She's been frank and honest the entire time we've been associates and still keeps her original alliances, so she thinks, but acts and speaks with entertaining bravery. Currently, she's leading us to Ladala in the vain hope of sabotaging us instead of the other way around. She's succumbing to the influence more than any soldier I've come across. It suggests an insane amount of repressed guilt on her part. I've been keeping a running record of her behavior, as I know the results fascinate you, and it is my duty. Once she has succumbed long enough, she might just even give herself freely to you to further your plans beyond war victory. We now head north and await any and all further instructions. Signed, your ever-loyal servant, Rubens. After a couple of months, they'd given up on their quest in the Beast Forest, for now, and planned to tour other smaller forests. During that time, Ilse, and a surprising amount of her companions, would feel the moon's touch and give in to their animate forms. It's what helped her gain her bearings of the woods. As a human, Ilse used her compass until she led them to the old city. It was easy to see with the border tarnished and unable to shield their desolate world. Based on clues left behind and Reuben's extensive research, they agreed that it was likely they weren't in the same forest and instead decided to migrate north. Everything south was too populated with humans. On their trek, they came across a town with a familiar name, Cain's. Reuben's orders were to flush it out to find rebels, seeing as how they lived close enough to Giselle to prove suspicious. Ilse had never raided a village or town before, at first, it didn't even make any sense to her. If the point of the trek was to find Ladala to establish a prisoner exchange, then why bother waste time by tormenting the locals? She reluctantly followed orders and went with a small band of soldiers and entered Cain's stealthily and quickly. She remembered little about the city. Giselle told her she really didn't like anyone there, which was why she chose to live in the woods. The first thing she noticed about the place was the thick, depressing cloud that seemed to drape across every rooftop and over every head. No wonder Rubens ordered the attack. The people were bound under ridiculous superstitions that ruled their everyday actions to the point that their lives didn't seem to hold much meaning. Ilse was sure that had they not arrived, a poor resident might have committed suicide under the buckling pressure. Ilse wasn't sure where it stemmed from. She only knew what she overheard from an interrogation. The soldier was kindly showing her how to extract information and also put new information in its place. The soldier told the young girl under his grip that everyone was supposed to gather in the town square in 15 minutes without any weapons, otherwise the place would be ransacked for rebels. All Ilse could remember was the young girl, 
probably Gilly's age, looking up at Ilse in fear and dread. The way her eyebrows knitted together, Ilse thought that maybe the girl somehow recognized her as a good girl dressed in bad girl's armor. Didn't she know that things would work out? That Ilse wasn't seduced by the Ilderim's power? The moment they found Ladala, she was prepared to turn against Rubens. She promised. She would bring her biggest enemy right to Ladala's doorstep, and she, Ilse, Reshma, and Tyke would lead an attack that would make Althod choke. She just needed time. She needed them to trust her that she was really under this amulet's spell. If Tyke could do this to help Ilse, then she could do this to help Ladala. They sent away the frightened girl as Ilse turned to the soldier. Now what? she asked. The soldier gathered excess rope, wound it up, and tossed the bundle to Ilse. We wait the designated time, give or take a few minutes, capture any resistance, and march off, as per our orders. The soldier made it seem obvious and easy. Maybe this soldier had done this type of thing too many times. Are you up for it? How would I know? Ilse murmured, annoyed. She knew very well what a raid looked like. She'd been the victim of one already. The question was whether she was ready to do the same thing to a village of strangers that Reuben had done to her own world back on Ravenna, the raid that started this whole mess. She clenched her fists and braced herself. She could come away from all of this. She planned on appearing merciless when really she would personally ensure no one would get seriously hurt. She'd be in control enough to look heartless but not inflict the same pain. Moments later, she began shouting at people, holding a torch high above her head. Luckily, the vast majority of people were already huddled and waiting to face their fate. They see me as a monster, she thought, but I will show them that I'm still the hero. One by one, thatch houses began to go up in flames and the people there believed their ill fate was due to a scapegoat, the young girl, who was quickly volunteered as a tribute to spare the rest of the people. Ilse couldn't contain her emotions. Would they really blame a little girl for all this? She wondered if her neighbors blamed her for their misfortune. Did they give her up to be spared? She threw down her torch in the main stables. She rode off angrily on her steed with the soldiers in her squadron and left the miserable people and their animals to their own devices. They carried away the unfortunate girl as a token of what transpired. Rubens waited with interest for Ilse's return. It meant that they had another village under their territory to use as a base, and they could finally move on to completing their trek. He and about twenty or so soldiers were waiting in a village a day's ride away. After their days in Beast Forest, they usually made it traditional to rest and drink to recuperate. After a few days, Ilse arrived on horseback with a young girl riding with her. The soldiers broke formation after saluting Rubens. They gladly dispersed to soak up any time they could to rejuvenate before they continued on the road once more. Status report, Rubens asked stiffly and formally. What is there to say, General? Ilse said. She dismounted and helped the girl off the horse. Upon reaching the ground, the girl stood obediently at Ilse's side but clearly wished she were elsewhere. How about explaining this girl? Rubens said, gesturing. The town is yours, General, Ilse said flatly. But the town rejected their own to be spared. She was branded a scapegoat on their behalf. Well done then, Ilse, Rubens shrugged. You did the job. The child belongs in my jurisdiction. We'll send her away at once. Wait, Ilse barked. Soldier? She's just a child, Ilse tried, quieter. We may be soldiers, but she's far too young. Not fit to be a soldier, that's for certain, Reuben said, aware that the girl wouldn't look him in the eye. 
Since you successfully led the mission, you can decide where she fits best. She's not going anywhere near him or any of the Ilderims, Ilse thought. They might be considerably well-behaved around me, but I wouldn't put it past them. She'll be my assistant, Ilse said suddenly. A squire, maybe? Rubens nodded, hardly suppressing a grin. An excellent idea. He saluted her and she returned the gesture before he walked away to join the other men. The girl stood frozen in her spot, a little hunched over as if she were about to be sick. Are you all right? Ilse turned to the girl. You haven't eaten a thing. The girl looked at the ground a few feet in front of her and didn't respond. Her black hair was kept back in a scarf just like Ilse's nurse. It kept the short hairs away from the round, dirty face. I know you aren't mute, Ilse said. The girl could scream when provoked. I'm not hungry, my lady, came the quietest answer. Ilse reached into her pack and gave the girl a few berries and a tiny loaf of bread. Please, just eat these, Ilse said wearily. The girl took the food in her hands and sat on the dusty ground. With each bite, her face grew more and more distraught, to the point that tears were streaming down her face. Projected by her own, here among strangers, Ilse thought. The girl is a mess. The sooner we find Ladala, the sooner I can help this girl find a new home. It was the first plan that sounded feasible. Maybe the girl wouldn't stay with Ladala. She wouldn't force the girl to do more than she wanted, but at least she would be on the right side of this war. She absentmindedly fiddled with her necklace. It was then that it occurred to her that she was still parted from her mother's book. She looked to the sad girl and said, I have a job for you. Are you full? The girl nodded. Despite her polite demeanor before, she practically inhaled the food like it might disappear. What can I do for you, my lady? The girl smoothed out her plain dress and held her shawl bravely. I need you to fetch me a book, Ilse said. It belongs to me, but I don't know where it is. If you find it, I'll let you decide your life's fate. As in, you can decide to stay with me and be protected, or I'll let you run away and live wherever you want. But only if I have my book. What does it look like? By the end of the week, the girl approached her master with breakfast. She carried a basket with a cloth covering its contents. As she pulled out the food for Ilse to eat first, she placed the book in Ilse's hand. Is this the book? The girl asked. Ilse nodded as she flipped through the pages. She put the book down and silently put all the food back in the basket. After she tucked everything carefully under the cloth, she handed the basket back to the girl. Without hesitation, the girl ran into the woods and never came back.